So, this week's guest. Some say she's a sorcerer supreme. Others say she's a cumberbitch. Other people could also know her as the lady of the internet. That's right, guys. We are joined by Livy. me all right yes i can i can hear you perfect in fact Brilliant. it's great Brilliant. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> um yeah so how have you been what's been going on with you um i've, I've been all right it's just been a very busy week at uh work <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we had a client call yesterday which i was rotated for to look after and take notes in so that was a fun day for me oh love that yeah, yeah, I can relate because obviously where I work, it's very much busy, 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 as you can yeah. imagine. Yeah, how have you um, been then with work? Has it been all right or? Um, stressful is yeah. the word I'd use. Um, so yeah, guys, I I work at McDonald's and um, yeah, it, it's tough, especially if it's one in a drive-through as well. Because oh, it's yeah, it's just cars and cars and cars. <laughs> Um, anyway, people don't want to talk about that. <laughs> that's that's for another time. Um, so obviously today we are joined by Livy. Um, so Livy here is um, well known for being on the internet as um, Lady from the Internet. Ironically, Lady of the, in- Lady of the Internet. That's right. I knew it was something along those lines. Um, definitely check her account out because. Um, Honestly, your stories are hilarious. I think they're great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I keep, I keep, I keep getting told recently that um I have a very good social media presence and that I'm funny and that I apparently I have tall person energy on social media, which I find hilarious because I'm quite short. <laughs> I'm I'm five foot four, which is about 165 centimeters. So oh no, yeah. So that I find that really funny when people are like you have tall person energy and i'm like i am the exact opposite of of tall but that that's very kind of you to say that you find my instagram stories um funny <laughs> yeah yeah they're great um i don't know because i'll be honest like there's been times where i've been you know in one of those sort of moods when i'm just like oh but then you and a few other people um i see their stories and i'm like oh okay i feel much better now because it sort of makes me chuckle a little bit i'm just like oh okay that was funny yeah, I don't um I don't take myself too seriously on social media because I think you know you get a lot of people with like big followings like mm. you know from like TikTok and their cosplayers and they they care so much about social media algorithms and I can, mm. I, can I can understand that. Um yeah. I can understand why because you want your content to be viewed, but I think because oh, yeah, of course. I think cuz I did the whole I'm saying this with quotation marks like um popular on the internet thing when I was like 15 I had a tumblr blog and I actually oh. you know back then I kind of cared a bit about things like that um but now I'm like an actual adult I'm like you know what 
I'm just going to post whatever I want, when I want. Mm. If people enjoy it, that's a bonus. I post it for me and for like, you know, like my friends who I talk to on a regular basis as well. Yeah kind of thing but I just I, if I'm proud of something I create I'll share it and if people really enjoy it then that's like a massive bonus so that's why I'm always kind of just like I just don't do anything massively serious on like Instagram stories unless like you know it's unless it's like world related when like things are bad kind of thing but I just mean in relation oh, yeah, to me just in relation to me I'm just sort of like you know what I've got I've got a career going I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like posting anything bad i'm just being silly and having fun and just being me yeah so... that's the main yeah that's the main thing really isn't it yeah absolutely um, i would definitely agree with all, all of the stuff that you said i think to be fair i think you're doing very well for yourself um throughout the internet and in real life by the sounds of things but for me personally i think it's probably been the opposite for me because um oh. when i was um when i was just I, I guess i could say i was a kid god that makes me feel old saying that um i didn't know how social media worked like mm. at all in fact i kind of not gonna lie I felt, I felt a bit like an old man um so i kind of <laughs> feel like i've aged backwards because um i had no idea how snapchat worked i didn't know how twitter worked or facebook mm. um because i was kind of through that phase where in like primary school it was like everyone was getting facebook because mm. it was just a thing back then and I was like my mum made me made it for me it's like you know fine you know I'll, I'll do it I never used it yeah obviously I do now um it took me a while to learn though but yeah it's actually really interesting you say that because uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of have more of a social media presence now than probably what I did mm. way way back when <laughs> but I'm still a very socially awkward mess so it's all good that hasn't I changed. feel that I feel that on socially awkward mess uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm very introverted uh, normally but unless you get unless I'm like really close to someone or you kind of get me talking about things that I like or for my job as well you have to be quite like mm. visual effects production you have to be quite like um, not necessarily extroverted but you do have to you have to be really good at communicating so yeah. especially verbally from time to time and I'm better with like typing kind of thing but um I yeah I kind of had to learn quite quickly when I became a production assistant to just sort of be a bit better at verbally mm. communicating because part of the job is like when you're in the office um these things happen called dailies I mean they still happen now even working from home yeah. but especially in the office um you would go to a screening room the PA would set up the room like and load up like the playlist where all the shots are that you're reviewing okay. for that session and then the coordinator comes in and takes notes for it but um, one of the things is you have to be able to confidently call out oh we have this amount of shots today and we have this amount of time and you have to be able to call out and try and move a supervisor on if they're talking a, a little bit mm. too long about one shot especially yeah. if, you have, if you have lots to look at um, because sometimes you only get half an hour and then You've okay. got to get out that screening room so the next um, show or film or TV show lot can come in and do their dailies sort of thing. Um, okay. So, yeah, you have to be able to build up confidence to, from the back of the room, just sort of be like, oh, you got five minutes left sort of thing. It seems weird to say that because you're only saying like something really short, but, you know, 
because I'm quite young in visual effects. And then yeah. a lot of these people that I work with, um, they're like in their forties sort of thing. And they're, oh, they're very like well-established um, and, you know, they're supervisors. So they've been in the industry a long time. So it's a bit, it can feel very intimidating, but. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But they're usually, they're always so lovely. And like, they will, if you're confident enough in a daily session to be like, you're taking too long. Can we move it on? Can we wrap it up, please? <laughs> um, yeah, they're usually really great about it. And you can get some great yeah. banter out of it. And that's like one of my favorite parts of it, just to banter in dailies. You just sort of, you just get a bit silly from time to time, especially if it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously you kind of went into detail on, on your job and stuff, mm. which was actually something that, of course, we're going to talk about because that's super interesting stuff. Um, so obviously you kind of answered the questions I was going to ask, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, so I guess I would say, um, how how did you get into this stuff? Like, where, how did this all sort of happen? Um, so I I've grown up in quite like a very film centric family anyway. So um, okay, my my granddad he used to work at. Well, he, when he was alive, he worked at Elstree Studios in Borenwood and he worked in the sound oh. library there. And he worked on the original Star Wars films. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I like um, that. Yeah. And obviously my dad grew up as a massive Star Wars fan. And from time to time, his dad would take him down to set and stuff like that. So my dad ended up growing up with a really big interest in film. And then that kind of just led to, he always watches behind the scenes stuff. He always has done like my entire life. Um, and I think one day when I was very little, I kind of got curious myself and I popped on the behind the scenes of Harry Potter stuff. And I've just been interested in film since then. And mm. I liked writing a lot as a kid anyway. And I still like writing a lot now. So my ideal, in an ideal world, I'd be a writer director kind of thing, but that's not exactly, um, it's a bit hard to get into that as a career path sort of thing. But um mm. When I was 15, um, I wanted to do work experience somewhere. And so, because my dad works in visual effects as well, um, he used to, basically his journey was kind of like he worked at um, a newspaper doing like a comic strip, building like 3D models for this comic. And then he got into oh. TV. Um, and then, yeah, and then he got into film. So he was working at a place called Reliance Media Works. And so oh, okay. he asked if he could take me in for work experience for a week. And they said, yeah, that's fine. So I kind of came in and I got to, I got to, you know, I get, I got to use a uh, shotgun. It's that that's a scheduling software that's very widely used um, throughout visual oh, okay. effects. Um, so I got to learn how to use a bit of that and just sort of sit on dailies and other meetings and help out production with going on rounds. So rounds is like where you go and check in on your artist's progress and see how they're doing with shots and if they have any problems mm. with what they're working on. So that was that. And then when I was 18 and I'd finished my exams, I needed a summer job because, you know, wanted a bit yeah. of money before I went off to uni. Um, and my dad was working at a company and he said, oh, they're looking for runners, email this person. So I did, had the interview, they hired me for the summer. And then I went off to uni, did my film degree. And just as I was finishing it up, so this was like April, 2018, I wanna say. Um, oh, okay. I was looking, I was starting to look for jobs and stuff cause I finished uni in like the May of that year. And I started to look for jobs and I found one at a place called Double Negative as a production runner. And it was a full-time thing, so I applied, I got it, and then I worked my way up 
in there. So I was like five months as a runner. And then I was a PA for about, I don't I want to say 10 months. And then I became a production coordinator in August, 2019. And then, yeah, I've been a production yeah. coordinator since, but I work at a different company now. So yeah. Oh, wow. You've come a really long way then. Oh yeah, I I'm, I sometimes have to step back and think, whoa, whoa I've, come yeah. quite, I've come quite a long way in like a short amount of time with that sort of thing, I guess. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it sounds so impressive, but it also sounds very hard because um, it kind of sounds like something I would absolutely love to do. But I can imagine a lot of work had to go into you getting to where you are at the moment um yeah like absolutely I mean I know a lot of people who can like you can you don't necessarily have to be a runner but it's okay. useful if you want to like start at a company sometimes it's easier that way just because you can then get training a little bit easier but um mm. in terms of like the production side of things and visual effects not the artistic side um mm. you just you need to be like really organized and be able to like answer emails the odd phone call and just sort of show that you're willing to learn. And obviously you need to know a little bit about visual effects and filmmaking. Yeah. Just, you know, to show that you're actually interested in this as a <laughs> career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it can be hard. Like, I, like the actual job itself isn't that bad. But when it gets busy, that's when it gets hard. Because then you end up yeah. having to spin a lot of plates. <laughs> Is there like any sort of advice you would probably give to someone who kind of wants to get into that profession? Like, what would you say to somebody who sort of came up to and went I'd love to do what you're doing um I would say if you can get work experience because that's really beneficial um if you can't uh working with money is always really useful I used to work at a bar when I was at university and mm. say you can't get like a production assistant job but you might be able to get a job as a runner at a visual effects house they always like it when you know how to handle money because the runners, um, they have like, it's called, it's called petty cash. So they have like a tin of money. And if you have to go out and get like lunch for more important people or whatever, or like go pick up random bits and pieces, um, okay. you have to be able to handle cash and you have to log it. So I would say if you're, you know, if you want to try the runner route, just be good with money and have some, if you can get some sort of experience like handling cash and stuff, but Honestly, that yeah, like if you can try work experience, run a route is always good to go. But if you do try for being like a production assistant from the get go, you just you just need to show initiative. You need to be organized, and um, if you know anyone who works anywhere, that's always a good thing to have. Um, just because it means you're more. It's bad because it's nepotism, but like it means you're just sort of more likely to you know get a better reference or get hired or you know something like that mm. um but yeah no and they always love a bit of enthusiasm as well so as long as you're like actually really into visual effects and you feel quite strongly about it as an industry as it's part of filmmaking that kind of gets overlooked from time to time um then yeah i think you'd be golden you know yeah definitely well, I'll definitely take that on board. And yeah, I hope the listeners are obviously listening to this will take that on board too. Yeah. Um, wow, that's, that, that's awesome. Um, is there um, a particular project that you've worked on that you think has been like a favourite or? Ah, it's so weird because um, I, 
I haven't worked on like that many projects because the projects I've been on, they've been very long running ones. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just, it depends. And it also, it depends on where you work and where you get put at the company. So double negative, they work as show based and department based. So if you're on show, you work on a very specific film for the entire time it's running. But if you're department based, you work in a very specific visual effects department, like um, like modeling or animation or yeah. <clears throat> or compositing, and you work in that department on like a couple of films at the same time. This is specifically at Double Negative, um, and then you only, and then you get moved on to the next film, so you're on it a bit shorter time. But where I am now, um, you work within the department on that specific show so you're all so until your department on that show like finishes up you're on it the entire time and i'm a i'm in the great spot of being in the compositing department for this show so i'm running on it until like next year but um yeah so that's kind of sorry that's like a bit of context as to why i've not really worked on that much but i would say when I was a production assistant in department i think <laughs> this is cool one of the most cool things yeah. i kind of got to work on i mostly just helped out with a uh, running daily session was avengers endgame <gasps> no way yeah. really no yeah. way oh the my god the amount of information i had to sit on for several oh, months god um, yeah no. i i saw um the cap versus cap scene while they were still animating it and that was like oh. november 2018 and then obviously that film came out in april yeah, I saw that kind of run through from animation into compositing, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one. But in terms of ones that I actually like properly got to work on, I think um, Men in Black International was fun. Okay. That was like a little, that was a little like eight week uh, stint for me because it was being done in like the uh, one of the Canadian offices at the company I used to work for but they needed a bit of help. So they brought some of the work over to London and I got to help out with that. So that was fun. But yeah. And the uh, one I'm, and the project I'm working on at the moment is um, the live action Little Mermaid. I can say that because it's on my company's okay. website, um, <clears throat> which is really fun at the moment. It's really, it's really cool seeing how they're actually um, doing all like the underwater stuff i can't really say much more than that yeah, of course, but it's, yeah. it, it, it's it's really cool and i'm enjoying it and i have a really lovely team of people <laughs> that i'm working with so okay. i'm glad i'm on this one for the long call wow that's that's actually really interesting i, I can imagine obviously because obviously endgame being like one of the biggest grossing movies of like yeah. all time i could imagine being a part of that history must be huge to sort of yeah have that on 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 your cv i guess as well like i can imagine i wasn't credited on that one i was going to be but the they they um they they only get, have a certain amount of like lines for crediting people and because i was only a department pa and i didn't work specifically on that film they i was like bottom of the priority list along with one other girl oh, so neither of us got credited we neither of us got credited on it, but we knew the work we put in. Everyone knew the yeah. work we put in, kind of thing. Like whoever knew us. Um, but no, it was still it was still really cool. So. So would yeah. you like? So would you when you went to the cinema? Would you kind of like? Ah, oh, I I knew all this. I knew this, and then you must have just felt this sudden lift off your shoulders, being a able little, to sort of. 
yeah a little bit there were two so obviously cat versus cat i was just like oh thank god i can, I can talk <laughs> about this now and the other one was the very beginning bit where captain marvel rescues tony <gasps> oh wow okay like i i only ever saw the captain marvel specific shots um because that's what we were given we weren't given the tony stark shots our company wasn't given those interesting it that it's it's weird how it's because we'd done some work on captain marvel like beforehand so they were like oh here can you just fix these captain marvel shots up and i was just like oh my god and then my friend who did get a credit on it because he was a coordinator on it he was like oh yeah she's like rescuing tony stark and i was like you didn't need to tell me that even though i could have (laughs) guessed but um yeah those are the two things i was like oh my god i can i can breathe now (laughs) (laughs) i could imagine as well like when you're doing your job like particularly moments like that do you ever like pinch yourself and think oh my god this is actually real like i'm actually doing this like that sort of thing sometimes but also yeah i don't know i think just because yeah i can imagine it's not every day like you are editing scenes of Brie Larson so I can imagine it is kind of surreal at like certain times yes it's weird it was okay I'm not gonna lie it was more exciting to me like at first but also you have to remember that like my dad's been working in this industry for quite a while now so like I'm kind of used to like getting gossip about visual effects and like stuff that he's been working on so I'm just kind of like yeah, it's really cool and it's my job. I'm just I'm just like pretty chill about it now. I think I think I'd be more excited and more like oh my god, oh my god if I was working yeah. on something like Doctor Strange 2. Oh yeah. Because god, like, I, I love him. I love him so yeah. much. Um so I I would be a little bit more like that, but um <laughs> if I was working on that, but other than that, I'm just like you know, I'm just I'm just quite chill about it. I just love my job and I love what I do. So yeah, <laughs> I can actually, I can actually imagine your face if you was asked to be doing work on Doctor Strange too, because oh, I know sure. how much you love Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, where did that obsession come from? Because obviously, I've seen that you absolutely adore Benedict Cumberbatch, like, and I'm not I... even over exaggerating on no, that. Like, you're really not. No, I've adored Benedict Cumberbatch for a very long time. Um, like when I. The fu- you know what the funniest part is is that I could I could have been one of those people where I was like oh I liked Benedict Cumberbatch before it was cool only because my dad worked on a TV show that Benedict Cumberbatch ended up narrating and we watched oh, okay. it and it came out three months before the first series of Sherlock came out but I didn't really think oh, too wow. much of it because I don't really know who the actor was apart from that oh he's got a nice voice that was about it but um mm. I didn't watch Sherlock until series two aired because I was a big fan of the books and I was like, oh, why would they modernize it? But then I watched series two of Sherlock and I was like, okay, I absolutely adore him. I adore this man. (laughs) And then, yeah, him and there's this other actor I like called Alexander Skarsgård. My brain just sort of bounces between... My brain just sort of bounces between the two of them because I watched TV shows with the both of them in for the first time around about the same time in 2012. So they're both they're both people I adore, but like the Doctor Strange thing, the funniest yeah. part is I when I first watched the film when it came out, I didn't like it. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Okay. What, I just I just didn't like the character that much, and then like I don't know. A few months later, yeah, I, I was having a that. bit. 
I was having a bit of a rough time. And then I rewatched the film. I was like, I'll give it another chance. Cause I was on my, I was like, you know, Sherlock series four had aired as well. So I was like, oh, I'll give yeah. Doctor Strange another go. And then I ended up really liking it. And then I was like, okay, I was like pretty chill about it. And then this year I just sort of got into Marvel in a big way because one of my friends is like really into it as well. So I rewatched Doctor Strange and I was like, oh, so the reason I started liking him is because at that point where I was going through a rubbish time and I watched it, you know, after Sherlock series four and all that, I could relate to him being a bit mean to people like without realizing it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I thought, I'm just gonna give the comics a go because I don't really read comics. They're okay. not really my thing, but I picked up- Yeah, that's like, fine. I picked up like, uh, what's it called? I'm just looking for it on my shelf. Uh, it's called The Definitive Doctor Strange. And it's got like all the basic, it's, it's basically like, a compilation of like all the Doctor Strange stories that you would need to read as oh, okay. if you're like a fan sort of thing. They're like the best yeah. ones. And yeah, so I was just like, I just completely fell in love with him all over again and decided to do a cosplay, which is what I'm making at the moment. Oh yeah, that that that's gonna be awesome. That I can't wait to see. Because I think I mean, you I can't sort either. of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think God, I don't know what it was, but I'm pretty sure you, I don't think it was necessarily a cosplay, but I'm pretty sure I saw you at a convention once where you sort of had this sort of um, closet Doctor yes. Strange. Yeah. Yeah, I do I remember that currently, yeah. I, I've got a custom made jumper that had one of his quotes on it, and the quote was protecting your reality douchebag from Infinity Wall. That is awesome. Yeah. I want that on a t-shirt. Not gonna lie, that, that, that's great. <laughs> Maybe I'll put the quote up on Redbubble or something. I don't know, because yeah, Do I just it. got a random custom-made thing from like Vistaprint because I just needed it within the. I decided within like the space of like a week that I was gonna do that. So I was like, oh god, I need, I need something quick. I need something quick. So I was like, Vistaprint, get that printed on a <laughs> sweatshirt. Let's go. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. So there you go, guys. Um, exclusive merch right there, coming your way. <laughs> just... <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I'm glad I remember that cor correctly because I think I saw you like with I didn't speak to you or anything, but I was a bit like, oh, that looks really cool. Because I think I knew you just through like other people and stuff, yeah. and I seen you, you on like other people's stories, and I was like, oh yeah, she did a Doctor Strange and a Clara Oswald, if I yes. remember correctly. Yes, I did a Clara Oswald that weekend as well. Yeah, I love her hide outfit so much. I always I always bring that one to the cons. It is a really nice outfit. To be fair, she had a very great sense of style. Let's let's mm. be honest. I have I quite mean, a lot of her wardrobe. It's so it's so wearable. I just wear it on the regular. It's great. Yeah, I mean, say say what you want about the character, but you got to admit she definitely had a great dress sense. Like, oh, she really did. Um, yeah, there was something else I was actually going to ask you because I'm apparently, if I know this correctly, because uh, my girlfriend was actually speaking to me about this. Um, earlier this evening mm. um about the names of benedict cumberbatch fans tends to change quite a lot oh yeah like apparently ben i thought is it cumberbitch is that a thing so is that on, still a back thing on, back on tumblr back in the day back on 2012 tumblr because it was 2012 tumblr guys not 2014 <laughs> tumblr um i was there when it happened um yeah so 2012 tumblr I don't know how it started. I just remember one day seeing a thing where it's like, if you're a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, you're a Cumberbitch. And if you're a fan of Tom Hiddleston, you're a Hiddlestoner. 
And everyone's kind of like, okay, okay, cool. And then it really took off the whole Cumberbitch thing. And then yeah. it obviously got back to him and he was like, why are you guys oh, calling yourselves Cumberbitches? Surely that, that's not really nice. He, keeps, he kept trying to change it to Cumber Collective or okay. Cumber People. That's what he keeps bringing up. But nowadays no one really uses um, any of it. But do you know what the one thing that I found interesting? Someone pointed out that like, as a singular you could be a cumber cookie, but as a collective, <laughs> we could be the cumber batch as fans, oh, like the cumber batch. And if you're a fan of him as yourself, you're a cumber cookie. That's oh, so clever. Just use his surname, put the in front of it, and then you've got the name of like a collective bunch of his fans, and it's so much nicer. But I do mm. like cumber. I do like cumber collective. I do like the one that he came. Yeah, up that with sounds as well. that sounds pretty nice. Yeah, I, was, I like that. That was nice. It's kind of similar as well, because obviously with um, S Sebastian Stan, um, mm. I was watching an interview of him, because there's a I completely forgotten the interviewer's name. Um, he does all the Marvel stuff on BBC Radio 1. Right. And uh, apparently the fan base of um, Sebastian Stan are called the Winter Children, um, oh! which, <laughs> which he keeps trying to change, but it's sort of just stuck all the way through why does he keep trying to change it that's kind of yeah I, I like it i mean it. i guess because like in some ways the the term winter soldier has like bad connotations but as from what i understand as well it was in the comics it does have like good connotations like oh the winter soldier oh, yeah. like helps out people as well kind of thing once he gets mm. over the you know the uh, conditioning but uh oh the winter children i really like that yeah exactly but to be fair, like obviously you've got to sort of see it from an actor's point of view because obviously when you're an actor yeah. and then you're hearing all this weird stuff, especially if you don't have social media as well, which yeah. I always find like really funny, seeing an actor's reaction to something they have absolutely no idea about. Yeah. And then this interviewer just like throws it upon them and they're just a bit like, okay, I yeah. did not know that. <laughs> They're usually very good sports about it. Oh, yeah, well, definitely. Oh, is, yeah, of course. But, like, I do get, I, I can understand, like, they, they were probably, to some degree, a bit uncomfy as well. Like, I know, mm. because like, I sometimes get, I feel weird when people are like, oh, my God, you're so inspiring, Livy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm what now? And then like, I've had people tell me that I'm their role model. And I'm like, I am Ooh. 23. What's happening? <laughs> what is going on? It's so bizarre. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, like, even though that's, like, such a small thing, considering I'm, like, mm. no one, basically, I'm just sort oh. of like, oh, my God, that's so... Is this what, like, bigger actors feel like when people tell them the exact same thing, you know? Mm. Like, so whenever I meet someone that I admire... I mm. I try not to go down that oh my god just like you're my role model thing because I know like oh yeah people, of course yeah because people putting people on a pedestal like that can be a little bit dangerous like yeah you know especially when bad things happen and that all gets ripped away very quickly yeah so I always try to be like oh I like I always try to sort of be like oh I really liked you in this thing um you're like someone that i want to work with one day i i always lead in with that and i always try and talk yeah. about like the film industry with them and just sort of be like while i am a fan of you i am genuinely like 
a serious person who's doing this as like an actual career thing as well just to <laughs> just to give them something to talk about like I had a great oh, yeah. conversation about um, Marvel and VFX with um, Mads Mikkelsen at a comic con once oh okay that was really cool that was really cool that sounds I, awesome because I, I met him, I'd met him earlier in the day and got his autograph, but then by the end of the day, his table had like quietened down a bit. So I just asked. That's it's always good when that happens. So call. I just asked if I could like just chat to him, and the person was like, "Oh yeah, like go for it." So I was just like, "What? How did you feel like working on a Marvel film?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, loads of green screen, um, but I wouldn't <laughs> have had it any other way because it's a Marvel film." And he went, "The guys who work in visual effects are like." amazing you know doing all mm. like and i was like yeah yeah i know like i work in visual effects like my dad works in visual effects so we had a little bit of a chat about that and then i and then i said oh i have to ask this like what was it like working with benedict cumberbatch and he was like oh it was really good i could take <laughs> him on in a real fight and win and i was like okay <laughs> cool mads mickelson fight benedict cumberbatch irl i guess um not just for the films <laughs> that was oh funny. my god that is that's amazing that was oh, so I love funny that. when you said that. I was like, oh, okay. Obviously, speaking about conventions as well, I guess it's kind mm. of obviously we spoke about like, you know, when people say nice stuff to you and it can be a bit like, oh, okay. And then yeah. when you get it's kind of the same with like being a cosplayer as well sometimes. Because, yeah. um, yeah, because I remember because I've done quite a few cosplays um, where even I've been a bit overwhelmed because a couple of years ago I did a. Um, will from the in-betweeners oh my um, god <laughs> and i went to a, yeah i went to a convention as will with um a group of other people who did the other members in fact i actually met joe thomas and blake harrison oh that's who, really cool yeah um it was so strange um the fact that i was getting i was literally being called all sorts at the convention but it was the only time it was acceptable because you know it's yeah. a, for people who've seen the show they'll know what they were yeah um a lot of the people at the stores at the con were sort of joining in as well which was fun oh, um, God. it was honestly so so real um it generally felt like i was will mckenzie at one point i'm not gonna lie and i was just like oh my god and then blake harrison came up to me because we were i think it was lfcc yeah lfcc mm -hmm. um i was in the queue and then the security guard sort of tapped him on the shoulder and was like look forward and then he saw me in this will cosplay like with the school uniform and a briefcase and a big oh. green badge and he bursted out laughing and you could sort of tell that he was so desperate to get to me he was like, oh. I really need to have a photo with you. Like, you're amazing. <laughs> and oh, I was that's like, amazing. And then it went all over his Instagram, which I was like, oh, my God. Okay, this is really happening. Okay. It's so weird, though, because I was getting so many people, like, I hadn't spoke to in, like, years, like, from school. Mm. And they were, like, sending me this. They were sending me this picture going, oh, my God, that's you. And that guy from the in-betweeners and it was like oh wow okay that's really but, cool though yeah i do love it I, I do love it when like actors like really do appreciate when you dress up as like either a character that they've played oh, yeah. or just a character from something they've been in and they get really excited about it. i just think i don't know like yeah. they don't necessarily need to because they just they see so much of that at comic cons and mm. stuff but like it's always when they see that one and they get particularly excited about this one yeah. specific thing. And I'm like, that's so cute. I had, um, 
I had a kind of thing like that as well. Like you, you so Matt Smith at um, LFCC 2018. I was there. Yep, yeah, I remember. I remember that early morning. Um, he did a very early morning photo op at like 9am or something like that. And I was in the queue for it. And I think I was, <clears throat> sorry, I think I was the first like femme 11th doctor that he'd seen that day as well. Oh, so when I walked up to him, cool. he was like, oh my God, look at you, look <laughs> at you, you look so good. And I didn't know what to do with like the tweed jacket. And I was like, what should I do with the jacket? Should I just fling it over my shoulder? He was like, yeah, fling it over your shoulder. You look great. <laughs> and then, yeah, in the, in the picture I got of him, he's like pointing at the bow tie. And oh, yeah, oh, he was so, he's so, awesome. so sweet. That man is so sweet. It was just, he was having so much fun with everyone who had a picture with him, like putting on fezzes, getting the Sonic yeah. out. Oh, he's such a legend, that guy. Was you there when they um when they announced David Tennant? Was you there that day? Oh my god, yeah, I was there the entire yeah. weekend. I just remember Same. everyone losing it. They just oh. went, everyone just went bonkers, and I just stood there. I was in um Sherlock cosplay actually. I had my violin. I was just standing there with my violin, like I'm not meeting David Tennant, so I'm good. So I just <laughs> I just chilled out. It was so funny. I remember at the time because I think it was like in the middle of the day of Saturday. And I got this phone call from a friend of mine and um, he was like, Lucas, um, David Tennant's been announced. And yeah. my friend is quite a joker. So I was like, no, nah, you're, you're winding me up. This ain't real. And then my other friend had his phone on him. was like, oh, my God, he's coming tomorrow. And obviously David Tennant, it was kind of like my hero growing up because he was like, he's particularly his incarnation of Doctor. He was sort of like, a character I looked up to a lot when I was younger because I was a very shy and awkward kid and yeah. he was pretty much everything I wanted to be when I was a kid so um I was like I've got to I've got to meet him yeah um I've, I've, I've got to do it um it was chaotic um I queued for about two hours at um LFCC oh, in the queue um there was a lot of fangirls there which uh yeah. was fun a lot of Americans there as well, which I was really surprised about. Oh, there's always so many Americans at the London Comic Cons, and I'm like, what? What? Don't you guys I have? Said, don't yeah. you guys have San Diego? Go on, go back there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, these these Americans knew nothing about Doctor Who, and I sort of had to just because they were saying a lot of things which were wrong, and I sort of had to sort of block out my inner Hoovian at the time because I was yeah. a bit like oh don't 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 say anything just just yeah. let them just let them talk um so yeah that was interesting but yeah it was definitely worth it I'm not gonna lie I, I was like really emotional afterwards yeah. um because I'd literally just met like the hero that I looked up to for so long like yeah it was for a couple of seconds and everything but it still happened but I'll never forgive myself for not packing my tenant suit that i had um Aww. at the time because i didn't know he was coming but yeah. there was a there was a small part of me though that generally was like oh should i bring it just to sort of yeah. you know just for just for comfort because i was like because i did kick ass i think the day before from okay. from the movie yeah and i was like oh if i get a bit uncomfortable maybe i'll wear something a bit more you know comfortable comfortable and you know something a bit more familiar because obviously yeah. i cosplayed 10 quite a lot back then and then i thought nah and then i was like oh my god why did i bring it and i was like so annoyed Aww. and angry <laughs> uh 
However, I will say this um, because I definitely think it should get a mention. My friend, I just want to dedicate this to, went all the way back to his house from London to get his tenant suit just to come back. Oh my god! And that I love that. Yeah, that is commitment, guys. Right there, hands that down. Is commitment. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I I was literally so tired. Yeah. During that weekend, because it was busy, it was it was like the hottest time oh, of year as well. So warm. That's the only downside with conventions is they always seem to happen when it's like the hottest of weekends. I know. Particularly oh. the one in May, because it's always when we have that huge heat wave in the UK. Yeah, and it's MCM like CMA is fantastic, but then you're yeah. just like, why did I put on like a heavy costume sometimes? Like oh, yeah. even though when I did that like weird little Doctor Strange type one, even though mm. it kind of got cloudy at one point, I was still sort of like, why am I here in this? Because I was like in a <laughs> jumper and then like my red coat on top and like skinny jeans. And I was like, why did I do this? I was so much more comfy as Clara yesterday. I should have just done Clara again. But I got it took it was so funny because people would do double takes on that because mm. they'd be like, What is she? And then they'd be like, Oh my god. <laughs> Doctor Strange. I think one thing, one great thing that came out of it was like an actual proper like Doctor Strange cosplayer like came up to me and was like, "I need a photo with you immediately." No and I stood up and I was like, "You want a f- you looking like that as like proper Doctor Strange? Want a photo with me? A meme version of Doctor Strange?" He was like, "That's <laughs> why I want the photo." And like me and him have been mutuals like ever since then on Instagram. Oh it's, wow, um, that's awesome! It's a Sorcerer Supreme of Scotland. He's so nice. He's really lovely. Okay. Um. Hopefully see him at a convention again at some point when pandemic yeah. is over. I say over yeah. in quotation marks, but you know. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What? What is your take on that? By the way, like, because obviously, we're we're sort of kind of hoping that a con is going to happen this year. Like, do do you think we're gonna we're gonna get there, um, or you think it's wishful thinking at the moment? I'm sort of like it is sort of wishful thinking. But they are vaccinating an awful lot of people in the UK. Yeah. And I know for a fact that, like, by the time October rolls around, I- I'll be vaccinated because I think I'm due to get mine in, like, July. Yay. So I'll have, had, I'll have had that period of time to get both of them and be fully mm. vaccinated. The only thing that actually concerns me about conventions is kids. Yeah. Because they're I- not... I can see what you mean. Because they're not putting... I don't know what they've said about people under 18 getting vaccinated at the moment. Yeah. So, and obviously, like, if you've got a child under the age of four, you can bring them in for free to conventions. And I'm like, that's Mm. not necessarily, I don't think that's going to be, like, the safest thing. Because even though, yes, people will be vaccinated, you just, a lot of, like, young kids are usually, like, asymptomatic with COVID from, like, what I understand, like, what's been spoken about in like the news and what scientists have been saying so i'm just sort of like i'm just worried about like me maybe catching something from a kid and then maybe me passing it on to people at work because i know for a fact that like because everyone should be vaccinated by around october time they want to open up my office again so we can go into work and work in the office again so it's just sort of like "Mm, i don't really know like how i feel about going to cons and then like there being like younger like basically people under the age of 18 there 
I know that doesn't yeah. sound fair, but it's just sort of like, well, if the government haven't yeah, said no, anything, I yeah. if they've not said anything about vaccinating under 18s, I don't know how that's going to go. If I want to be in like a like a slightly confined space, because I know the Excel Center is really big. Yeah. But it just gets so packed. But I reckon, oh, yeah. I honestly think they'll limit tickets. I think. I really hope so. I think if they're going to be sensible, they'll limit tickets for it. Mm. Um, just so there's like not the mass overcrowding <laughs> that there yeah. always is uh, at MCM and also LFCC. When if that will come back like next year, I'm yeah. assuming at this point. So yeah, I do want to go to a con again because I would. Yeah. Like, I know I'll have my Doctor Strange finished by then, and I would just love to take it out for a spin. If not, I'll just prance around Central London getting <laughs> photographs. You know, <laughs> why the hell not? I don't need a convention to cosplay. I will just do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, God, it's also another thing as well. Is um, I, I, I sort of obviously I don't know if you've been, but obviously like the Fox at the Excel Center. Um, I don't know if you've ever been. I've actually, um, you know what? I've never been, but I've it, been it told gets I need so to. So crowded there. I've been told I need to go to the Fox after an MCM just for the vibes alone because you get your two yes. expensive pints and then you go back to someone's hotel room. I always skip the two expensive pints because I go home, get changed, and then I go to a mate's hotel room after that yeah. kind of thing. Because obviously I live in London, so I'm like, I don't need a hotel. Yeah. I can just, you know, I live close enough uh, to the Excel Centre. It's like less than it's like yeah. 20 minutes for me to get there kind of thing i, I would definitely i definitely have like pre-drinks before you go in I, I don't think i'd be able to go in there like fully sober because it's kind uh, of like oh because it's, it's yeah. of the price kind of thing as well and oh the, yeah and, yeah and the yeah, crowded the price and the crowded because obviously you know anxiety can be a bit uh, yeah. but i feel like once you go it, it's like yeah. the only place that you could see ronald mcdonald's prancing around with um i don't know iron man like it, it's it's amazing like you wouldn't get this anywhere else yeah i just i just want to like go because i know a bunch of me and my friends very unintentionally are all picking different marvel characters to cosplay because you know when you've got like a big yeah. group of like cosplay friends that you know there's like a big group of us but we all have our own little set groups as well but collectively yeah we've all unintentionally picked Marvel characters to cosplay and there's no oh, overlap. Wow. Like there's no That's overlap awesome. like there usually is. So we're like, we have to show up to the Fox in our Marvel cosplays for it just for a bit and then go yeah. home and change and then get hammered. That, so we don't yeah. ruin our costumes. So we were like, Oh my God, this is so perfect. We can just go as like a group to the Fox dress that way. And it will be so good. I think, I think there's a plan to make a couple of like funny TikToks as well while we're all in, you know, like Marvel oh, cosplay and stuff. Because like I'm gonna be Doctor Strange. Um, so my friend Phoebe, she's got she's gonna be bringing Wanda. Awesome. Uh, Adam, uh, he's at uh, at uh, hello there cosplay. Yeah, uh, I know Adam. Yeah, he might be doing Zemo. Oh yeah, I don't know awesome. what his girl. I don't know if his girlfriend is gonna get in on it. But yeah, there's like a bunch of other people. And like one of our friends, uh, Bronte, she does a uh, creature cosplay. So you might have seen she's done Paddington. She's I have, done, yeah. She, she's yeah. awesome, yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I wonder how into Marvel she is because we could either get her to do Rocket or Groot. 
Oh god, I that would which, be funny. Which would be so good. And I feel like she'd be quite open to that idea, especially if we're all going in like Marvel sort of gear as well. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like one reason I'm like, if cons come back, that's gonna be a thing that we're gonna do. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, I for one cannot wait to see that. And I'm sure everyone else is gonna mm. be looking out for that now as well. Oh um, god, yeah. So there was something else that I sort of wanted to address. Um, yeah. Obviously, I feel like it's very important that we bring this up. Mm-hmm. Um, not wanting to, like, break the vibe, guys, or anything. Um, obviously, I think Livy will sort of go into slightly more detail than what I do, because obviously I know stuff that from what I've seen online. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, in my previous podcast last week, I did very briefly bring up the stuff about the stuff that's been going on throughout the cosplay community, mainly the Doctor Who side of things. Um, But I do feel like it is definitely something that needs to get addressed, regardless if you're not into Doctor Who or not. Um, So I will leave it here for Liv to um, go into slightly more detail to what I did last week. Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, last week we heard about Noel Clark. Um, we did yeah which was actually the catalyst for it all it made a lot of people within the doctor who fandom feel brave enough to actually speak out about their experiences with sexual assault and harassment and anything that's worse than that i don't particularly want to say the word because i don't want to necessarily trigger anybody but yeah of course i'm talking about yeah um so for me personally on the friday night well actually no i i actually knew what was going to happen during the daytime because um i was messaging a friend of mine on twitter we were talking about a bunch of other stuff and Mm. she was like ah something's probably going to come out about someone you're friends with and i was like oh god like who is it i only really talk to these people she was like oh yeah Yeah. it's gonna be about kai and i was like oh god like what happened and she explained it to me yeah i was just like okay right and she said you can't do anything until the person that you know this happened to actually comes forward and i was like okay cool so i wasn't sure if it was going to be that day or in like a week's time you know i just didn't know when so i was like i'm just going to keep quiet about it and act like i don't know what's going on because that's what i've been told to do and yeah. then while I was out with a couple of friends that Friday evening, I got like three or four text messages being like, have you seen this about Kai? And I was like, oh my God, okay, it's happening mm. tonight then, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, the minute it all came out, I was, I was just like, I'm not associating with him anymore because of the fact that yeah. off of the back of that initial girl coming out about it, a few other women came forward about the fact that he had been quite flirtatious with them when they didn't like it and he kept being quite persistent with it too Mm. and i was just like you know i was making sure that the first girl that came out because she's a friend of mine i was trying to make sure she was all right um you know me and other uh friends of mine we were talking about it and um one of them actually called kai on the saturday night to be like why are you not admitting to this because and he kept denying everything and yeah so i think i was one of the first people to publicly be like i'm not talking to him anymore and 
What was really upsetting as well was just to see like how he handled it and how his girlfriend handled it. She started blocking or unfollowing mm. people who spoke out against it. And it was like, I get that he's your boyfriend and this is a really difficult time for you, but you are not listening to victims right now. And that's really bad. Mm. So there's, so, you know, Kai's deleted all of his social media, like all of it, his Facebook yeah. is gone. Like, cause I used to have him on Facebook. I unfriended him anyway, but I did a check and I was like, I wonder if he's still got it or if it's gone, it's completely gone. Okay. Um, his girlfriend, like the amount of people that, you know, I unfriended her on Facebook. And then like, I checked this morning and like so many of our mutual friends have dwindled basically. Yeah. And it's just like, I think they get that there's no place for them in the cosplay community anymore because of what's happened and how they have both reacted to it coming out. Not that Jordan yeah, exactly. even knew. I guess she didn't know, but it's like, well, you know, but I'm glad that, for one part, I'm glad that Kai doesn't have the platform that he has anymore because that would mm. be really dangerous, I think, in the long run. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like he does also need to Con like effectively confess um and mm. just sort of own up to it like i know this is stuff that happened years ago but it need he does need to address it and um yeah it's really sad that he hasn't and it's really sad the amount of people i've seen kind of come forward and be like oh yeah he's been creepy towards me like you know yeah. obviously not necessary what happened with the girl but it's still kind of like what the hell i was friends with this guy for a few years and this is what he's actually like with other people yeah of course like i wasn't necessarily close with him but adam was really close with him so yeah. it's just it's upsetting it's disappointing and mm. i'm just i'm so glad that everyone i know who was friends with him are like okay you're not welcome here anymore so i'm really glad that we've all yeah. come together to um support the girl who came forward first and like everyone else who came forward afterwards. And I think that's really important to have that solidarity. And yeah, I've been making yeah. sure that like people know what's gone on and I've been making sure that other people are like, okay as well, just because it's not a nice thing to learn about a friend, you know? Yeah. Cause you've been, um, cause obviously throughout these past couple of days, like you've been extremely like informative yeah. And you've really been trying to get that word out, which I absolutely appreciate, by the way. And I think we can all agree on that one. Um, so I, I definitely feel like you definitely did the right thing by putting the stuff out there. Yeah. And again, sort of like you said, I'm so happy that all of this stuff has come out now rather sooner than later. Yeah. And that people have really sort of shown what sort of people they are. And yeah. in a weird sort of way, I feel like it has kind of brought a lot more people together, in a sense. Yeah. Like, as a community. Yeah. Because um, cosplay is meant to be fun. Yeah, Like, it exactly. doesn't matter how many followers you have, you don't abuse your platform like that. Mm. Like, nothing, it doesn't matter how big or small you are, you, you have no right to do that to another human being. And like yeah. I think, I think now, like you know, I feel like with every community you're a part of, you still have like once one person has been outed for being like an abuser, you still obviously have a really long way to go because you're like, okay, if there's one, how many more are there? You know, mm. and it's like it's the same for the film industry. It's the it's the same for anywhere. Yeah, and exactly. It's like, yeah. You know, but every time one person gets outed and effectively 
like mm. cut off from that community it's it becomes a safer place immediately and definitely even though it's a bit of a struggle for the doctor who community right now it will become fun again like i know people are struggling with doctor who a lot right now because of noel clark because of john barrowman because of kai yeah. because so many of us knew him mm. um and that's completely understandable but like once this is like past like maybe in a few months time maybe yeah, in a year's time it will be time. fun yeah it will it will be fun again and i think that's what's important like we get through it we make it safer and then it's fun again for everyone who's a part of it and that's what's really important at the end of the day so i'm glad that i was able to help spread the word about it and that my friends were spreading the word about it as well um yeah it was a difficult time but you know it's got to be done definitely um what obviously lastly what what would you sort of um like what advice would you give to people like sort of looking out for this sort of thing and how can we like as a community and and as people really support this sort of thing um as in like getting that word out because obviously not just to do with kai obviously to do with other predators as well that goes around like what would be your sort of way to sort of support and get those victims voices heard it's so hard because you know everyone's like oh you should go to the police with this and it's like well how many cases do the police actually believe and take on and follow through that's the thing that's why people don't talk about it until years after the fact but mm. what i think would be really good is like if if you just suspect anything like say like if a friend of mine thought or like not thought if a friend of mine came to me and told me xyz person yeah. has been like this with me i would be i would believe them i think the first thing that we should always do is always believe victims yeah. because once we actually start believing them then it's going to be so much easier for like getting getting rid of the people that are doing like getting rid of predators and stuff like that and i think it's like if you're able to confide in a friend that something has happened to you and they believe you i think that's a, just a really good first step forward in just getting support because then you're not shouldering the problem yourself and mm. they can help support you in terms of like what you would want to do about it next kind of thing um because yeah. like, it's like do you want you know you could decide could you take legal action or if it wasn't so bad that you don't need to take legal action like you know in terms of like getting other maybe other people to know like what so and so person has done so you can just sort of cut them off as well and yeah. help remove them from the community it you know that's a really hard thing to try and give advice on but it's just like i think for me it's just believe victims always yeah. believe victims no matter what yeah and another thing i would say as well is um obviously for people who like i say as we spoke about earlier on um for people who don't have a big social media presence um they are mutual friends with so forth um drop them a message and you know especially if you're like oh does that person know them tell them anyway um because obviously i'm pretty sure i would 100 percent want to know if someone yeah. i knew on my social media was like that I i'm pretty sure well. Livy would want to know yeah. as well. So I'd, I would, I would, that's another thing that I would say to do. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for that, Livy. That's actually um, very helpful. And that's I really okay. hope that people 
do listen to this and we can just get that word out there and hopefully make some form of difference um, to how things are at the moment. Yeah. And we can all just stand up high as a community and feel proud. And hopefully we can be in a safe space again. Yeah. Because, co- like I said, cosplay should be fun. Yeah. Cosplay, you should be able to feel comfortable in whatever cosplay you wear and not feel like you're going to, you know, get attacked by someone or leered at a convention because that's like really uncomfortable and it happens to yeah. a lot of people I know as well. Like, even just that, funny looks, you know, like mm. funny looks can say a lot about a person, I think, as well. But yeah, I think cosplay needs to be fun needs to be safe again and we don't have any room for people who are nasty and predatory Mm. cool um so the way i'm gonna end this is Mm -hmm. um because i'm gonna try and lift up the mood a bit Mm -hmm. for both of us Mm -hmm. um towards the end of my podcast i do some challenges Uh um (laughs) no no (laughs) it's nothing scary trust me um yeah we do some challenges here just to have it you know just to make it a bit more interesting okay um so what i normally do is my current theme that i've been doing is describing things badly um like last week we had um we had um, matthew um describe a marvel movie really badly um i believe his one was about oh god what was it it was based off a meme i think it was like two two elderly men fighting over who was an orphan who are orphans fighting over someone that killed their dad and obviously i think that was to do with civil war yeah i was gonna say is that civil war (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) so that was great um so i think i'm gonna go with a movie for you because I feel okay. like, because obviously you have a massive passion for film. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of really, I feel like it's, it has to be done. Like, yeah. How, okay. D- yeah. Describe a film really badly for us. Oh God, not anything. No, you're not going to specify an area of film, just any film. Well, I'll tell you what, what, what's, I guess, go for your favorite film. <gasps> okay. Right. I think that, that'll be helpful. Yeah. Your favorite movie, describe it badly. Um, and then whoever gets this, I'll be so surprised and happy. Um, but yeah, go okay. for it. Right. I can do it in three words. No, four words. Sorry, I can't count. I can oh. do this in four words. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry, five words. I really can't count. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. This is my favorite film described really badly. Time Perfect. works differently in space. That's my favourite film. Time works differently in space. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm not going to lie, even I don't know this one. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to message you after this. And be oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'll message you yeah, with what it is. But, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what is this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's the... Because if you get a bit... If you get too specific... Then it mm. become it gets a little bit easier. Um, mm. I could do a slightly easier version of it as well. Should I try an easier version of it and see if you get if, it? Yeah, if, if that's what you want to do, yeah. Um, okay, so man travels through space uh, and then... 
time starts working differently. Okay, I think I know what it is. Okay, I think yeah. I think I've got an idea in my head, but I have a feeling I'm either going to be really wrong or really right. But okay, okay, that that's that's interesting. Thanks for that. That's all right. <laughs> um, obviously, another thing which I which I do is um, we get the guests to ask a question for the audience. Oh, okay. Um, it can literally be about anything, or it can just be like, I don't know, like something you just want people to think about. Because uh, recently we've had um, someone ask what their first cosplay was, and I've kind of been sharing that at the moment. Yeah. And like why they did it, and we've had okay. like movie questions and quote questions, etc. But yeah, if there's anything you want to ask, then go for it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it themed. I actually, I, I technically made this as like a TikTok a while back. But basically, okay. it's like it's uh, so to the audience, are you a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, or have you read the fan fiction A Day Out with Benedict Cumberbatch? Because those are two different types of Benedict Cumberbatch fan. So yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of him, or have you read A Day Out with Benedict Cumberbatch? I need to know. I need to know the answers, because they're two different brands of fan, and uh, I fall into the, I have read The Day Out with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm oh, that type on. of fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, lastly, um, just let, let us know, uh, where can we find you, like, on the internet? Like, give us, like, stuff we can follow you on, so we okay. can get a bit more of you. So Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok are all Lady of the Internet, all lowercase, uh, no spaces. And then Twitter, because of the uh, character limit, it's just Lady of Internet. But yeah, you guys can find me there uh, just talking about really random stuff, posting <laughs> random things. I, I range from serious things to talking about film related things or i will just be um uh respectfully simping over actors that i like <laughs> <laughs> or just posting really weird memes that that's how i roll yeah oh yeah i mean who doesn't love memes i mean come on exactly like, memes are awesome um honestly livy it has been so fun um yes. i've loved having you on here this um, has been very fun this is the first podcast i've been on so thank you oh, for well. the invite well, I hope it's been a good experience it's for you. It's been very I, good. Thank you. That's all right. I hope I did all right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> hope Ooh. I did okay as well. I feel like I could talk for England sometimes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's what podcasts are for. We love talking. True. Yeah. Still. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to leave it there, guys. Um, again, thank you, Livy. Of course, follow all, all of right. the stuff that she's mentioned there. And Thank you very much, guys. And again, thank you, Livy, for coming on. That's okay. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. So what have we learned from this podcast today? We've learned that Livy, at the age of 23, is already a role model to some people on the internet. We've also learned that she had an awesome dad. And sometimes she dresses a bit like Clara Oswald. <laughs> If you'd like to follow more of this podcast and have more crazy people other than myself, um, please do click on that follow button on whatever platform you're listening this to. Also, if you'd like to follow me, because why not, please follow me on Instagram, Lucas Out Loud.
Chow guy. 